Welcome to the pod. Great to have you here. So look, we have a really core philosophy here, which is so simple. And that's that we believe that people should control their own destiny. They, uh, we believe that if you're unhappy or you have a passion, you have a, a compulsion to do something which is different to what you're doing, you should back yourself and you should go after it. Yeah, absolutely. And I firmly believe that. And uh, what we do here on the pod is we, we talk about it and we talk about some of the, the struggles of doing that, the vulnerabilities that people feel when they do, the insecurities, but also some practical advice about how to, to manage those things and achieve those goals. Okay? So... I know that you're someone who knows an inordinate amount about this, and we'll come on to it, but before we start, tell me a bit about yourself. Imagine we're on a first date, introduce yourself to me and tell me what, <laughs> what it is that you do. Yeah. Okay, so at my core, I'm a psychologist, I'm a former former psychotherapist, so I typically listen, okay. Uh, okay, <laughs> so good. this is yeah. a difficult task for yeah. me. Um, I don't know where to start. I've had quite a varied, well, a varied so, I, mean, I mean, first of all, I've got literally yeah. no idea what the difference is between a psychotherapist and a psychologist. Um, a psychologist is more of a general term. So some psychologists um, do research and some are clinical. So there's kind of the scientist-practitioner divide. Um, I did both. Um, okay. So I did quite a lot of research because I found it interesting. And then I also did clinical, which was treatment, you know, yeah. like sort of sitting on the couch type of thing, although there was no couch or sitting on the couch. But, you know, you, okay, so, so the, yeah. my vision of... A guy sitting on a couch like in Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not like that. I mean, it could be. It depends on what type of setting you work in, yeah. But, I mean, the couch, I think, is sort of overplayed. Just, as okay, a okay, fine. It's okay. not really So we could be having a coffee and you, totally, could, be, you yeah. could be changing my life yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I'm really interested in actually, like, walking and exercise as a sort of, like, to do the therapy together with that. But I haven't done it yet because the weather's not great here. Um, but okay. I think that would be a fantastic okay. idea. More hurtful for me now, being a Londoner. So, um, <laughs> so, so you, okay. I mean, if you want to walk in the rain, I'm happy to do your therapy that way. But I like that. Okay. But instantly you're telling me I need therapy. <laughs> no. I'm so not. you, so how did you get into that? That's quite a, I mean, it's, it, was there a path that led you to be getting into that game? Um, hmm. Yeah, I had quite a varied childhood, let's say. I had an interesting family and I felt like I'd had exposure to a lot of different types of people. Um, and yeah, I mean, and I felt like that would be a good path to start and then the other thing which I'm really if I'm really honest is I never wanted to work in a corporate job yeah. and I thought that if, if I was a therapist I could set my own hours which is absolutely true um so, so you, there was so you were an entrepreneur from day one kind you, of you I kind think of, so I never yourself, really right? thought about that until you asked me this this yeah. sense but I just yeah I mean I lived in New York for a long time where everybody's in finance or corporate and I felt like I such an outcast yeah for not wanting that lifestyle but yeah I've just it's interesting I think yeah it. New York's a really interesting one is it because it's particularly validated by status people's success isn't mm. it it's a bit like you know who are I, you what do you do what's your name and what do you do yeah absolute first question I know I'm a VP of XYZ and they're like you're a hero you're so successful whereas you're thinking well I, I work when I want <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm more successful than you are because you <laughs> went to work at seven and left at 11 and I work when I want I'm doing what I love you know it's a bit of a, yeah. a strange and certainly well, I don't have, judge them that way but yeah I'm sorry I know yeah, it's probably a bad thing I know you're, you're going to make all these mistakes here where you no, say that's a mistake. the wrong way to look at it not a mistake so I've got really itchy I've been bitten by a mosquito and it's driving me insane um, so you um, okay so you you went through the path and you studied uh, did you study a specific type of psychology or is it just like you just go to university and they're like right we're just going to study everyone's brains 
Well, you know, yeah, I mean, you don't even necessarily study brain. So psychology is actually the study of behavior, which um, people don't sort of seem to realize. You, so you do study you the do brain You're doing a great job some. of sounding like a moron here. That's good. <laughs> no, no, no. Everybody thinks that, right? But um, but it's actually behavior. So okay. then when you study psychology in the beginning, if you do undergrad, um, you do all sorts of different types. So you do like learning, you do memory, you do neuroscience, which would be the brain. This would both of those would kind of be the brain. So like learning, memory, cognition, that's the sort of processes that go on in your brain. The neuroscience is the physiology of the brain. Okay. But then there's all sorts of other things like group dynamics or like um, interest inventories, which are used to figure out things like, you know, the Myers-Briggs type testing and that route you into work or what everybody thinks of when they think of a psychologist, which is abnormal psychology, which is like depression, anxiety, or schizophrenia, those types of things. But that's only like one class. Like each one of those would be sort yeah, of sure. one class. And you also study research, which is how to ask the right questions and get reliable answers. Which I think is probably quite tough because getting people to say the right things is very difficult because they, most people would just have a front, right? So trying to break that down must be really tough. I'm not trying to break down anybody's front because <laughs> often people's fronts are there to protect their vulnerabilities. And when they're ready to let down the front is when they should. And it's not something I that love I should that. push through. I love that. Because if you think, you know, my, my layman's understanding of psychology and mm. if I watch things like, you know, you watch a movie or whatever. I mean, it's, it's dramatized, but yeah. or dramatized because I'm English. The um, You tend to see, it tends to be quite, um, it's all about breaking down a barrier. It's about getting someone to open up. And, and I love, you're saying that actually that's not the right thing to do. Not necessarily. For some people on some occasions it is, but you have to be sensitive about it. Because absolutely the reason people have those barriers is because they need them. Like They need them to get through something emotionally, to protect their ego, to protect them from pain they're carrying from the past. So sometimes, certainly, it's the right thing to do. But across the board, no, it's it's definitely not. And it's definitely not something that should be going on in, in groups, <laughs> in public, that. unless it's a safe space. The group knows each other. You meet regularly. You've built up trust already from multiple sessions in the past. Yeah, yeah, that's a myth. You took a path specifically towards sort of the corporate therapy organizational kind of side of things, didn't you? No, no, no you I didn't. didn't, actually. I initially started out um, with post-traumatic stress disorder with trauma, actually, emotion regulation and and, um, and trauma recovery. Particularly with people from the forces or...? No, I did it with children, with families and children, yeah, women and children. It was very difficult. It was very wow. difficult. Anybody that does that, I think they're sort of the real heroes. It's, it's incredibly difficult work. I can't... I... Yeah. I don't even want to touch on that because it sounds horrible. I don't think <laughs> it I was, yeah, I'm, I'm it. saying don't think I'm a hero because I don't do it anymore. But the people who who can do it for many years, it's yeah, it's That's incredible work. I just can't imagine this. That just sounds too difficult. Yeah, but, yeah it really is. But congrats <laughs> you for even doing it in the first place. And so, so you started off doing that, and then where did your where did that lead you? Because you didn't stay in there. No, so I was doing um, research sort of all the time on on different topics. And then I realized at a certain point that I was a lot more interested in the cognitive processes, so the way we learn things, um, the way we remember, the way we focus, pay attention, perceive, which is cognitive psychology. So then I rerouted into cognitive psychology. I decided that was just more sort of my intellectual interest. You know, when I had been younger and conceptualized what I wanted to do, I didn't realize about that. I only kind of knew about the couch psychology, so I just followed that path. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started doing that. Um, I actually started in Tel Aviv University, which sounds weird, but some of the best cognitive psychologists in the world actually were um, an offshoot of the Israeli army, and they're, they're in Israel. Um, so it was wow. actually, yeah, it was actually really cool. Um, but then I ended up switching uh, to do it in London because 
I was doing it in Hebrew, and that was very difficult because I don't speak very good Hebrew. Um, so I came to it UCL. Sounds difficult. It, <laughs> it, was, it was really difficult. hard. Yeah. It was really hard. Um, so I came to UCL, and I switched again slightly and started doing cognitive science. So that's sort of then the overlap of all the brain processes, but also with um, modeling, which is like algorithms, and so the way that computers also work. So it's sort of the overlap with, yeah, with the processes that software is built on and not the human brain. And what were you, so, so what did you, were there any specific studies that you did or anything particularly, the particular path you went down? So again, um, is that, so, I mean, I, so I, yeah, the most main thing that I was interested in is, um, Decision making, biases in decision making. Um, but what I did my my dissertation on was uh, confidence in decision making and how your confidence levels um, uh, impact the speed and accuracy. So actually, the interaction between all of them: speed, accuracy, and confidence in decision making, um, which is actually really, I think, interesting in daily life and for founders. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely because, yeah. I'm hooks. I'm hooks. Tell me more <laughs> about this. I'm in. No, 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 no. I mean, there's something called the speed accuracy trade off, which is basically that the faster you are, the more mistakes you make, right? Wait. So the faster I make decisions, the, the more, more likely you are to make a mistake, right? Just as a rough sort of guess. So you're saying that if I want to make fewer decisions, sorry, fewer mistakes, I need to be... Slow it down a little, potentially, right? I mean, that's like the old school kind of... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, don't you make more mistakes when you're faster? I mean, it's a very relative thing, right? Being faster or slower. There's yeah. certain things you can do faster and you won't sacrifice accuracy. The more confident you are, then the... F generally the faster you can go without making mistakes unless you have some bias from that's the so confidence. It's, it's kind of well, complicated. So so I can't really break it down. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So you're saying that there is, that confidence makes you better. It can, yeah. Because so you're less likely to make a mistake because you're confident. Yes and no. If, if the confidence is misplaced, then you're more likely to be biased and you're more likely to make a mistake. But if you're not questioning yourself, then, so like whenever you're processing information, right, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things going on in our brain all the time. If we're stressed out, let's say that that takes away some of the sort of resources we have to focus our attention on something. So if we're tired, if we're hungry, if we're stressed, if we're questioning ourselves, and like a big part of our sort of cognitive energy is is tied up in the background with worrying and, and questioning, yeah. then we're more likely to make a mistake because we have less of our sort of attention and focus to dedicate to the actual problem at hand. So that's why therapy can be really good in, in many ways because we we all sort of have things at the forefront and the back front, back from the back of our minds going on all the time. And if you have a good therapy session and you have a lot of things that are sort of going on in the background of your mind, they're eating away at your sort of processing power, right? I mean, they're making you more tired, but they're also just taking away your, your attention and focus and you may not even realize it. But so whenever you can get those things sort of cleared up and you're more calm, relaxed and confident, then then you make better decisions generally. That makes absolute sense. But it's good to hear that there is some cognitive science behind it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, absolutely. I mean, that's peak performance type of stuff, too. Yeah. If you talk to like top athletes, I mean, one of the, the most interesting conversations I had in the last couple of years was this guy who came in second in Le Mans, like last year, the year before. Um, and I Fairly asked impressive. Yeah. And so I asked him, like, what makes you and your team like better? What what's that sort of marginal difference? And he said that they go to a psychologist who's actually in North Carolina. He's from Hong Kong. Um, but they they go there and they um, have this kind of formula where they just they sort through every problem. They learn how to address every problem or every decision that they face. Can I can I fix it or can I not? Like can I impact it or can I not? If I can't 
that's it. It's out of my consciousness. I don't think about it anymore. If I can fix it, I fix it now, and then I move on. And that they learn to really face life in that way. They practice facing life in that way so that they have less emotional sort of volatility, if that makes sense. I, think, I mean, that applies to... It applies to everything, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so the rule is there just focus yeah. on things you can you can affect. Yeah. yeah, 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 but just letting go of the rest of it. That's the key thing because it's actually a lot harder, right? Like accepting that you can't do anything about it and then letting it go is very difficult. But holding on to that like idea that you, you know, I, I, I wish I could or if I'd yeah. only this or I should have that or that takes a lot of energy. It, yeah, it really it, does. I bet it does. I bet it's because you're, you're thinking about it all the time. Yeah, if, even if you don't realize that you're thinking about it, right? It's still there. So yeah. That's really that's it's a key that's, to peak performance. I mean, apparently. yeah, it makes yeah. absolute sense. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, and so that area is kind of where you've ended up now. Yeah. Because now you're a. Uh, how well, you Yes this? and no. Oh, yeah. I really <laughs> no, am no, God. I do two different things. I know. Tell me so about the two different things. Yes. So some of it is this kind of performance-related um, stuff. I'm yeah. working with um, founders and startups, and also looking at, um, you know, sort of statistically looking at issues that that affect founders. Okay. Um, which is how I think we connected. Correct. And then the other thing is using this type of. Um, knowledge, theory, and evidence to build tech products that impact people's cognitions and behavior in an evidence-based way and in a safe way. Because in the past, I'm just gonna put my little plug in here quickly because it's really important to me. Um, in the past, I think any research that was typically done on software or any sort of products that people interact with, um, it's just user research, which is how do I sell it more and how do I make people use it more? And that there was no research done on is this safe? Is this hurting people? Is it exposing their privacy? It, does it actually do what it says it's going to do? So what kind of stuff is that? What do you mean? Yeah, so what kind of stuff? So those particular things you're talking about, those kind of softwares, what kind of software are you well, talking about? Well, every software. I mean, all the software is in... There is essentially, well, very little, if any, software that you engage with personally that, that isn't designed to impact your behavior, that isn't designed to make you think in a certain way, yeah, right? Yeah, makes so sense. if you look at things like Instagram, like what are some of the negative impacts of Instagram? Like girls' self-esteem, anxiety is super high. Like, I mean, there is some concern that it can even increase like propensity to commit suicide. And, and none of those things were ever studied in the beginning, right? But the way it really came about for me, I think, is digital addiction, noticing how that affects me and how it affects everybody else, and then seeing the rise of sort of mental health tech. So what, so what, so what is two things I want to touch on there? Hmm. When, when is it addicted? When am I addicted digitally? What, how do I measure that? So hmm. anyone who's listening to this right now and you're saying, yeah. be careful with digital addiction. Like when is, how do I know I am? What's the measure? Is it? A That's a good point. I don't know what the actual metric is. I mean, I, I am, so I, I'm not judging anybody here. Um, yeah. I think we all kind of are to some extent, but just maybe think about how much time you spend on your phone or in your device instead of in your in your daily life and what you're actually giving up. Like, so is it more of a, so... And is that time, would you be happier if you spend that time in, in, you know, anything else? So is it a bit like, I guess, is the measure... So I, I'm, pro I'm probably mm. wrong here. I had, I had, no. a, I had a, a, um, a close friend who was an alcoholic. Obviously mm. it's difficult because in England you can't be an alcoholic, you can only be social. But, um, <laughs> but And I right. remember them saying to him, it's not, it's not about when you drink, it's not about how much you drink, it's about why you drink. It's like if you, so yes, it's like if you're sad, is your compulsion to drink? If you're mm -hmm. out and you can't have a good time unless you drink, you've got a problem. Yeah. Is it kind of the same there when we look at digital addiction? Is it like I can't be in the moment? 
I have to be looking at, or I have to be looking mm. at my phone and thinking about what else is going on in the world, mm. or I have to be Instagram, Twitter, such classic examples. Like, do mm. I have to be validated mm. by other people liking what mm. I've put up? Is that is that when you know you're addicted? When you cannot, you know what? Yeah. Just be alone. So everything that you're saying, I think, um, is probably something that isn't ideal, right? Um, and I try to avoid, I mean, I fall prey to much of that as well. Um, but when you get into the, the sense of defining addiction, I've always kind of struggled with that. Yeah. Um, and I don't even really know if it matters if you classify yourself as addiction or not, as much as it matters whether you can see if this is a helpful or a hurtful sort of yeah. influence. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know. I would say all of those things are kind of instances where, those, like, I, well, yeah. I mean, if you if they, people use their phones and use social media as distracting from their from their own sort of discomfort or their own sort of wherever they are, they use it for you know a lot of reasons that we probably don't realize. But yeah, I mean, I I think everything you said is something that's like well, you should be worried about. Well, you should maybe just think about, okay, you know, yeah, if yeah. you feel like it's better for you, then by all means do it. But I think because the software is designed to just grab you in um, and to keep your attention with the attention economy. Right. It's a great phrase. Yeah. It's so true. Um, we just don't realize it. And yeah. so that's the point. It's more of just being aware and then consciously deciding, is this really what I want to do? Is this really good for me? Or have I just wasted like, you know, 17 hours of my week trying to get people I don't know to like me on Instagram? Like, does and that really that, make me what, happy? Yeah, it, it, that's a good question. Yeah. Because next time, do I need 20? Well, and, and also, that, And yeah. if I only get 10, does that mean I'm ugly? Or do you mean, like, am I looking worse? <laughs> and then what's going to happen in five years? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're saying I'll be ugly in five years. This is no. hurtful. I'm instantly out. No, not at all. I'm out. It absolutely was not it's personal. The it's the hairline. I know what you're saying. <laughs> okay, so if you... Um, it was more about women's aging, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> because it's more of a women's we, issue. Um, men still get affected. Um, the, so you've got, <laughs> so that was interesting. In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. And then you also said about the rise in sort of health tech or mm, mental, mental health, health tech. tech yeah so, like i mean i only know about things like sim um my my what's it called headspace yeah like that. Oh, headspace is good, yeah. So, so stuff like that yeah so the rise in that is is telling us that that people are more aware of it or you're saying it's it's there needs to be more attention focused on what these things are doing yeah so i think it's really interesting that um therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists, well, of course, psychiatrists, that's different. They prescribe medication, but psychologists or therapists, anyone that's doing talk therapy or anything to change your behavior, um, they have massive amounts of regulation and licensure. But if you do the same type of thing through software, there's no regulation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's coming, but but in the so last few just, years, so, so I kind just, of basically, you can just outsource anything so to software So I can make an app do which it. says, like, yo, look at yourself for five minutes and say you're a hero and then I'll make you a better person or something. Oh, yeah. Yes. Really just go and do so it. nothing. Yeah. So there's there's no sort of process to assess whether the claims that that it makes are actually accurate. And there's no process to um, protect anybody's privacy or their sensitivity or their ethics. So um, or sorry, the ethics of the, the process that they're undergoing. Right. So like what I was getting at before about breaking down barriers, for example. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, you don't want to just do that all the time. So you, so someone who's great, yeah, so <laughs> for example, great, it's someone great snap yeah. and says, yeah, open up, tell everyone about all your problems. Yeah, it's absolutely. Prob- it's probably not and, a good and thing. Some, well, not necessarily, no. And then if you have someone particularly there facilitating it to get you to open it up, and then you might feel in the moment that, that you know, okay, I, I'm going to do this because whatever, you feel a compulsion to do it, you're, you know, anxious or something. But then afterwards, you might really regret it. That's right? really interesting because that's so, I really that's admire really, what you're saying there. You're a responsible person there. <laughs> yeah, but no, but it's, yeah. it's really like, it's, um, it may feel like a weight off your shoulders to open yeah, up about how moment. you feel. In the moment, yeah. But then yeah. you're like, now all these people know about this and they're not all nice and then and i'm vulnerable now to this yeah, that's a really interesting vulnerable. point that you make there so it's about yeah that circle of trust needs to be trustworthy <laughs> yeah. yeah and you can't control that if it's on an app and it's like no that's really fascinating and you don't know what happens with the story that you've told or the data that you've shared right no, so you, no idea what what, what it's going to be used for. Absolutely no. And so idea. you're an advocate for that, or you're helping build stuff for it? No, no, no. I'm not an advocate for. I'm an advocate no, no, for privacy. That's, that, no, that's <laughs> and, right, yes, that's right, absolutely. Sorry. I mean, you're an advocate privacy, for the sensitivity ultimate. for evidence-based, yeah. yeah, approaches yeah. and being protective of of people's vulnerabilities, not just building software because it sells. I love that. And so yeah. you're. And so essentially, you're. And, that, and that's one part of what you do. Yeah. You, you help companies yeah. build apps, yeah. which are. N- not fucking with people's lives, basically. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it. we all make mistakes, but, you know, we do the best we can and, yeah. and really try, not just, yeah. I really yeah. like that. I think that's Thank a you. really admirable thing to do. And the other side of it, which is how we met each other, is you're, you're a coach. Yeah, I, I do. I yeah. do coach still sometimes, less and less. Yeah. Um, Why? Because everyone's fixed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um... So what does that mean to be a coach? And what does that mean? So you work with... That's an interesting question. Because being mm. uh, like being an entrepreneur, like and mm-hmm. I, I, I quite hate that term entrepreneur because I think it's, uh, it's almost like Gary Vaynerchuk says that we live in the greatest age of the fake entrepreneur ever. You know, we do. But like, he says <laughs> I that... I call it the age of narcissism. But yeah, it probably is. <laughs> but, yeah. Because it's so easy. Because, you know, I yeah. can post, you, you can post a picture of yourself working out every day and earn a bit of money from it and then you refer to yourself as an entrepreneur, which is, I guess it is true. And congrats to them for building an income, doing what they want. And I admire that. I prefer the term founder because, you know, you, find, you found something and mm-hmm. it gives that I'm building something. I'm building mm-hmm. something from scratch. There is a dark side to that world that isn't spoken about. You know, there is. Because it's a, first of all, when we talk about it, every single show we do here, everyone says, it is a fucking hard gig. It's like, because oh, yeah. you, you don't know no. that, whether this is going to work out. And you've got to convince everyone it is. Mm-hmm. When you, may, you may believe in your heart that it's going to. You may have the absolute blind belief. But there's always going to be that little itch of doubt in you. There's mm. always going to be there. But you've got to commit. And you've got people who are depending on you mm-hmm. day in, day out. When it comes to the end, we had a guy on here, the other, um, Eamon Carey. Eamon Carey runs Techstars. It's one of the largest accelerators in the world. And he was a founder previously, a genuine founder. Unlike there's many people who call themselves founders who <laughs> were not. Um, but he was a genuine founder. And he remembers specifically this moment where he was looking he had the numbers on his wall in his bedroom yep and he's trying to figure out his wonderful Irish accent oh my god i don't know if we're going to make payroll you know what i mean it's like <laughs> but like i was like yeah that's really common though. that's really like yeah. it's it's serious yeah, and of course no one talks about that no one talks about the 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 insecurity and the pain and the and also 
I imagine from your get, there's probably some PTSD that comes out there sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get, I don't like the word, I don't like, yeah, applying trauma in this context, but yeah. But, but, <laughs> I'd rather yeah. use reserve trauma for, for others. For other more, see, I'm, <laughs> yeah, okay, but, fine. but, but yes, <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's we'll, incredibly we'll stressful. We'll no, it's not. Afterwards. A lot of people do that. A lot of yeah. people use it. It's just my, my, personally, I. Someone who's actually qualified like yourself says no. Okay, <laughs> so we'll assume that that's the better way to approach it. Okay, so you, but you, you, coach people to deal with those kind of things what kind of stuff Try. do you see you must see it a lot um i mean do people talk about it yeah come? of course they talk yeah. about it um yeah I mean, of course they talk about it i don't know what to tell you about what i don't i don't I would just feel bad if anybody heard me talking about their so, story. So, yeah, so don't talk about anyone's story. Keep <laughs> so, that to the, that's the circle yeah. of trust thing. But like, so um, but people go in, but they're like, mm. so people come to you and they say, look, I... Okay, I think probably a better question for you then is we're gonna we'll edit this so it sounds better. Okay, <laughs> Rather no, than I'm, I'm fumbling as I go along. No, so people come to you and they they say, look, I need I need a way to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I've come into this with this grand ambition, and I don't really know what the ambition is. <laughs> I'm just like I just want to make something. Yeah. And, I'm under a lot of pressure. I've got my family saying, when are you going to put food on the table? Mm. And also they're saying, like, why are you at work all the time? I've got mm. my friends saying, is this product going to work? I've got my, who've invested, I've got all my people in my team saying, oh, I don't know if we can get legislation for this. You've got all these problems coming mm. on you and you have to know the answer. How do you deal with all that? How do you deal with those problems? What would your advice be? Um, I mean, there isn't really an easy answer when you're in a... But if there I, was yeah, an I easy mean, answer, then everyone would do it, right? <laughs> well, yeah. not just that, but I mean, yeah, you've, you've taken on something that's very difficult. So, I mean, to some, you know, to some extent, you have to just accept that it is very difficult, that there are many unknowns. There are also unknown unknowns, which you probably didn't realize and mightn't have started this path prior had you realized. Um, but I think... Some of it is just accepting where you are, ac- accepting what you can't deal with and being transparent. I, I really believe in being transparent with people and just and also perhaps setting limits. So making conscious decisions then would also fall into that. So basically, if I said that in a way that sort of made more sense because I was thinking while I was speaking, um, accepting where you are, first of all, being honest with yourself. Like There are all these things. They depend, you know, factor A depends on X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, the legislation, for example, the product depends on legislation. If we don't get it, we might fail. We have X amount of time, you know. So just sort of thinking through what all the the parameters of everything are and then communicating that to your team. So that's hard because people sometimes don't like to admit that they don't know and they don't like to admit the insecurity. Um, but I think it's relieving in a way if you do that and... I mean, whether you admit the insecurity or not, it's it's still there. People still see it, and they also they also understand. Your team is aware of many of these issues, right? Um, so, sort of being honest with everybody about it, saying this is my plan. What do you think? Co-creating the plan together, and then sometimes you just have to set a limit and say, like, we're going to you know see this through this amount of time or this amount of financial loss. And then if we get to that point, then we'll reassess because it gives you a sort of safety valve. So you don't just feel lost in all of these mm. sort of things. Does that make sense? Or yeah, no, it does make sense. I it, think was, it was kind of no, rambling. It, do, it does make sense. The key theme um, there that I think is that came out of it for me and tell me if I'm paraphrasing this badly is is about transparency um, and a transparency and acceptance, accepting mm. what you can affect and what you can't and mm-hmm. accepting that 
this is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. We had a guy in here uh, called Ross Nichols who is a, um, he quit training to be a doctor to become a jiu-jitsu fighter. And um, tough gig. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> low grade at the time and he just went for it. And I really admire him, but he has this piece of advice. He says to people right at the very beginning and he says, Except that this is how long it's going to take to get good at this. Yeah. It's training every day really hard for 10 years. And Mm -hmm. as soon as you accept that, you'll find peace because you know that that's the path you're going to have to take. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's something in that that's congruent with what you're saying in the sense of saying, except this is going to be tough. Except there's going to be things you cannot control. Except that you're not... You don't have the answer for everything. No, you can't. And be open with people about it. Because I think, is it you saying that yeah. it's the secrets that hurt you and it's the... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's don't say that, you know, oh, losing money doesn't hurt you. Of course it does. But the, but the secrets are, are something you can control and do hurt you. And the other thing that's um, I found just so often is the miscommunication. And I'm going to link that to secrets. Okay. Because let's say like outright lying or misunderstanding or misleading or, or just you don't understand what I said because we're all working, you know, at a crazy pace, nobody's sleeping and we just can't be on top of everything all the time. But so there's disconnects between um, reality and whatever your vision of what's going on is that causes probably the absolute most problems I ever see in a startup because people get very angry and they lose trust. And then once they've lost trust in the other person, they start to perhaps catastrophize, to become more angry. Things get much, much harder, like much. And so not only are you stressed out and you have to deal with your, you know, your frustration and your distrust in your, your founders or your team, you also tend to make the problems bigger than they actually are because you don't trust the people you're working with. So I think transparency and trust is it's so important. It's yeah. just so important. I can't tell you what kind of nightmares i've seen uh, well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean don't i mean don't yeah. you don't want to hear about them they sound terrifying but i mean but, but it's easily avoided that's the it's thing it's easily right? avoided yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean to be the doomsdayer here no, but, just, but it's just such a common thing and it's it's so easily avoided yeah i can't yeah i mean that's really, really resonates i can absolutely see how that happens and i think anyone who's listening to this who's been in that environment or worked as a startup or whatever it's always like why didn't you tell me this yeah, why didn't you tell I me this Because I didn't sooner? know you didn't know. Yeah, I know. That's so often uh, the answer that it's really the answer, though. Yeah. Right? Because people don't sleep. They work like crazy. They have a thousand things on their to-do list. And what's obvious to you is it's not obvious to the other person. So when everything's just total chaos, yeah. miscommunication is, is rife. And that, I mean, that's just normal. I know that, yeah, I know that you're, um, you're quite a bit... I'm probably going to... You'll tell me off again because I'm going to say it wrong. No, I never but, tell but, you no, off. No, but you're, uh, but you're, uh, you're quite a big fan. You're a big, you're a big sponsor of planning. Yeah, it's boring, yeah. but it helps. Is it? I mean, it is. It, it, it helps. Is. I'm, it I'm helps. an awful planner. I'm, I am too. I, I love spontaneity, but yeah, it helps. So, uh, but you're it saying helps. that you need to, yeah. to what, where, talk to me about that in a bit more detail. Mm. Planning. What's going to stop me from going mad? What's going to stop all the other founders listening from going crazy? So I don't know. Mm. I'm, 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 you're going to yeah. using the word crazy. No, not at all. Crazy is fine. Okay. <laughs> not yeah. at all. Not at all. PC is not, not, my, not my strong point. Okay. Um, no, I'm just trying to think because I don't know if it's exactly planning. Um, it's more about being intentional and conscious, I think, about what you're doing and what your actual goals are and making sure that everybody's in line with what the goals and expectations are. So it doesn't necessarily need to be, I don't know, planning, but you definitely need to, to make sure everybody's on the same page, maybe plan in 
time. I, I would say two things that I think are important to plan in. One is definitely the kind of stand-up type things where everybody says what they're doing and what goes on. You know, the, the, the typical tech I've, thing. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love a stand-up. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that I also think is important is just like downtime to spend with the people you work with, um, like a lunch or a dinner, like every couple of weeks, just just so that you remember that, has, that the other person is human and like I bet that has genuine, a little bit. has genuine benefit and people probably don't think it does. No, because yeah. they're too overburdened. Um, so oh, they, I don't yeah. have time for this. Exactly. Yeah, I'm too busy. Like, well, no, but you need to make time. But I think that's worth planning in. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But I know schedules get crazy. So it's it's not necessarily the planning, but it's more about being very conscious about the decisions that you make and why you're making them and communicating that to that, people that makes sense. they work with. So look, we're coming to that point of the show yeah. where we talk about like um some some advice for the listeners. And one thing that I, I want to talk to you about because I know that you you have some things here is what is really shitty advice that people get and we've had for years, mm. but now we know that is awful and stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, moving fast and breaking things, you know, those sort of, that's, it's not always awful. It's good, you know, as a sort of breakaway moment from the corporate bureau- bureaucratic structures that we used to work in. Yeah. I think now we're getting to a point where disruption is, is, is good to a point, but it's also good to sit down and, and think Think through what you're doing and yeah. sort of plan it. Because failure damages about it. people. Like you shouldn't be afraid to fail. But people. people, no matter how much you say to it people, does. fail fast, fail fast, fail fast, it still affects you. Yeah, yeah. especially if it's public, it, it it does. And I mean, you can't avoid all of those. But yeah, I mean, it it's it affects you emotionally, psychologically, but it also just wastes time and resources. And if it's something that's like, let's say, you know, a, a public piece of software, I mean, it, it can hurt people as well. Mm. So depending on what your business model is, how much impact you have on other people. Yeah. That's really interesting. So I think like, so you don't want to break your customers and then just iterate and get a yeah. new set. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I get that. So you're saying yeah. like, it's not, I guess you're saying it's not bad to fail, but accepts that there is a consequence to yes. it rather than the, yes. yeah, we'll just keep failing. We'll go yes. raise more money. We'll just say like, yeah, we're just experimenting all the time. It doesn't. And also sort of like this disregard of experts, um, I, like traditional scientists I think is an absolute mistake I think working together with them is the best possible scenario so getting people from tech I do this a lot actually I'm getting like engineers developers tech people even innovators together with psychiatrists and like um, just old school academics and, and clinicians and it's fantastic because I mean the old the old sort of way that we would um, build an intervention in psychology. I can't remember what the time to market, we don't use that word, but the time from whenever you first built the study, conducted it, and then people are enacting, it's like six to 10 years. It's really, really, really long time to build, to create something that helps people. Whereas tech, of course, is like, you know, can be six months, six weeks. Yeah. Um, so getting the best, but it's not always... Um, ethically done right yeah so getting the best of those two worlds together like the cutting edge science from the one side and then like sort of cutting edge building and deployment on the other side mm. is, is fantastic yeah i yeah and i i i am um, i have a theory that you know that psychology is always the best way to sell a product because people haven't changed it's behavior yeah but your behavior hasn't changed over over millennia like yeah. people still have the same needs whereas yeah. just the medium by which you yeah deliver Absolutely. that has changed and so people Absolutely. are always a bit like oh no like you know 
the the likes that you get now on Facebook and Instagram and so forth, they're just the same as like when I was like 16. What's that? Compliments. Yeah, exactly. Compliments all when I was 16 and I just had a little message pop up on MSN Messenger. I'm like, woo, <laughs> I'm, I'm invited into a group. I'm so cool. You know what I mean, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it's um, all the, the ding ding on your Nokia 3310 when you get a message. You know what I mean? It's like, it's sort You've of. You've got mail. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's, yeah. It's, just, it's just that validation that you're mm. saying something interesting or people are in care about you want to talk mm. to you it hasn't changed we just find mm. a different medium for doing it mm -hmm. i love that theory about a piece of advice to speak to speak to someone who is qualified yeah <laughs> yeah but there's i mean yeah well, qualification better, yeah. does it's it's, it's like, they, it means something yeah, you know like, oh, they have decades ten, of advice and you, wisdom and you wrote a book 10 knowledge. years ago it's out of date now well yeah, maybe but I know people, but I likely know not yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> likely not well, we still quote a lot of Socrates and Plato, and that was a long time ago. Good point. I think my mum was around then. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch, <laughs> I, just, I hope I, she's sorry, not listening. Um, <laughs> look, look, I think, you know, that's, um, those are two really great pieces of advice. And look, having you on here has been really insightful. Yeah. And thank you so much. I love your your view on things has been really great. And I think there's so many people that can relate to a lot of those messages. I think particularly the ones about about planning, about focus, about controlling the things you can control and trying to put aside the ones you, you have. And, and you know, if you're going to open up, make sure it's to someone you trust. I love that. I think that's a really important message. And, I, and I'm so glad that you're perpetuating that message to the right people. And I wish you the best of luck. And thank, thank you. Thank you. On. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks very so much. much.